Tone Deaf is the journey of a musical theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. The reactions to the musicals are real and mostly unedited. This show is for ages 14 and up, because sometimes you just need to use a swear. Now sit back, relax, and have a laugh. You're listening to Tone Deaf. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. Well, it's been ten episodes. Can you believe it? It's been an interesting ten episodes. Yes, it has, and it's about to get even more interesting, because do you know what ten episodes means? Uh... Weber Week? Yeah, it's Weber Week! The Webster has returned. The Webster has returned, and today we're going to be doing Andrew Lloyd Webber's first published show. It's Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Which I have heard that name a lot. Yes. And I don't think I know anything about it, other than there is a coat with a lot of colors. Yes. Well, fun fact, we're actually celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor 50-Year-Old Dreamcoat. <laughs> so there's a little bit of background for this. So it's based very loosely on the story of Joseph, the 11th son of Jacob, also known as Israel, uh, from the book of Genesis, specifically chapter 37. Jacob Is Jacob a son of Abraham? Uh, he is the son of Isaac, who was the son of Abraham. Okay, so Abraham's great-grandson. Yes, and he is the founder of the 12 tribes of Israel. Oh, okay. Yep. So there's a little bit of background for you. So this podcast is doubling as a comedy, tragedy, and Bible study. Yes, it, it, with me, it probably will be partly Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your fault you're knowledgeable. Thanks. So... Joseph, as a musical, was originally written in 1968. It was a cantata for the Colette School Court of London. Sorry, the Colette Court School of London. It was a katana? Like a samurai sword? A cantata. So a cantata would be, think of like a choir production, but the whole production is just one song that's broken up into multiple movements. Interesting. I don't think I have anything I can think of to to, to fill in the gaps. So this will no be worries. You did not go to parochial school like I did. No. <laughs> so this was uh, commissioned by uh, the one of the music teachers at this school, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice. Tim Rice uh, helped with Lion King and Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and... Oh, yeah. Tim Rice and Bill Quinoa. Uh, uh, what? Oh, I thought we were naming people in grains. <laughs> oh, man. This is going to be a long one. <laughs> I love when I break you. <laughs> Whew. 
So Tim Rice, we're going to be running into him some more. Uh, he he and Weber worked on this one for uh, this school. It was a 15-minute cantata when it started out. So the whole the whole show was just 15 minutes? Yes, 15-minute show. Sounds like speedrun production. Well, I mean, the, the story of Joseph isn't super long in the Bible. It is one chapter, but when you look at chapters, they're not long sections of the Bible. So what you're saying is some liberties were taken with the source material. Yes, some liberties indeed were taken with the source material. Uh, the, uh, the cantata was eventually published by Novello as part of their Old Testament cantatas. They also did one about the book of Daniel. I want to say they did one about the book of Jonah as well. Or not the book of Jonah. Is there a book of Jonah? Is there a book of, of Warren? No, there's not. There should be. <laughs> now I'm sitting here, though, going, okay, Kay, do you remember your books of the Bible? And no, I don't. I can't remember if Jonah got his own book or not. Excellent, I have corrupted you fully. <laughs> Used to have those memorized. Come, Kay, follow me to the dark side. But I'm already there. <laughs> Black joke. <laughs> so, the novello uh, ended up publishing it, like I said, and then it was expanded to fill a 20-minute, 19-track album in 1969. So that is quite a bit of expanding. About five minutes of expansion. Oh, that's it? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, it was only expanded five more minutes. Oh, oh, sorry, 19 minutes. Yeah, I heard 19 track in my, so one minute tracks. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense if I listen fully and use my brain. You're then fine. things make sense. You're fine. So, in, an amateur production was performed in 1970 at the Cathedral College of Immaculate Conception in New York. The Immaculate Conception? Yes. Okay. That's... Yeah, that's I. I just that's interesting that they named a place the Cathedral of Immaculate Conception. Yeah, because that's Mary. Yeah, Mary yeah. had the Immaculate Conception, and that's yeah. why Jesus was born a virgin. Just, just I don't know why that surprises me to name an entire building after getting pregnant without sex. Because Mary's super important in the Catholic Church. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's, let's continue. <laughs> we aren't doing Jesus Christ Superstar right now. <laughs> Wrong Weber show. So, in 1971, the Young Vic Theater performed it at the Edinburgh International Festival. And this production was 35 minutes long. So, so they had added to it. Slowly getting longer Slow, and longer. Yeah, slowly getting longer. And the Young Vic Theater Company actually became instrumental in expanding the show into a two-act musical. So up until this point, it was still just one small act. A two-act performance of the show wasn't done until 1974 at the Haymarket Theater. Was it produced by the Old Vic? No. <laughs> just makes sense. If it's getting longer and longer, it started with New Vic, it ends with Old Vic. It's a perfectly logical thought there. Vic Supreme. Vic Supreme. Final Vic. <laughs> so in 
1982, they added a prologue to the show. And the prologue uh, is going to be... Um, it, it's going to stay in the show from this point on. And in 1991, they actually took the song that the show ended with, uh, Any Dream Will Do, and they moved it to the beginning of the show and then made a reprise of it at the end. And I know what reprise means. You do know what reprise means. What does it mean? It means that a thing that reoccurs that comes back. Yes. So this show also had a song removed and later we're going to get to hear that song or parts of that song in future Weber shows. Uh, I believe that they even brought it into their actual first show, which was in 1965, but we're not going to cover that one yet because that one didn't get produced until 2005. Okay, so is it like books of the Bible that they just decide to leave out? They're like, eh, this isn't Yeah, this I mean, needed. songs get removed from shows all the time. It just, it happens. I'm saying, like, if you are if you start with 15 minutes and then you end into a full two-act musical, mm-hmm. it seems kind of interesting to, like, leave stuff out. It's, just a... it's, it's more of, does it fit the show? Does it, maybe something works better there? It's like, it's like when you're revising a show, or a book, like... You're taking parts out, putting new parts in, except it's live. Or it's like George Lucas and all of his extraneous additions into the Star Wars movies. Gotta add, so so there's, there's CGI in this? There is a CGI camel. There's a CGI camel, 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 which is like a camel. It's like a comedic camel. <laughs> or a magical camel. It's funny, because uh, there's a the this show the way that it's produced it's been done so much that there are different things that they add in like this one you're gonna see them actually like show sheep going across the stage there aren't real sheep they're just plastic sheep or you'll have this uh group of uh slave traders that are taking joseph away with camels and uh, the camels kind of interact on stage sometimes, and yeah, it's 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 interesting. And then you could have productions like what I did that were very pared down because amateur theaters can do it all the time too. Neat. And it's so- produced by everybody. So is it like uh, uh, public rights or anything like that, or it's just... it's not public rights? You do have to public domain. Rent. That's the word. Yeah, no, it's not public domain. You do have to rent the rights to do the show, but it's not restricted like with Les Mis, how Les Mis used to be only professional theater groups could do this or only high school groups could do this. Now a community theater could do Les Mis. Joseph, it's been in that stage a lot longer. Okay, interesting. Yep. So... I've got a quiz for you. <gasps> I didn't study. This being an Andrew Lloyd Webber show, we can automatically assume that this is what kind of musical? I know the answer to this. What is it? It's a sung-through musical. Yes, it is a sung-through musical. Woo! And using this whole thing, because it started as a cantata, that's kind of what a cantata is. It's a sung-through 
That makes but sense. But it's shorter. That, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, that, no, that makes fine. sense given that it's done by like a choir. Yes. what you were saying. The original was. Well, now it's way expanded, except there is an odd to the original version of this. Or a nod. Not an odd. An odd nod. An odd nod to the original version of Joseph. There is a children's choir. Oh, I'm going to resist making a child choir joke about the Catholic Yeah, let's not make that joke. <laughs> so, not all productions utilize one, but it does pop up. Uh, the one that we're going to be watching does have a children's choir in it. Uh, when I first saw it at Kingsbury Hall in, I want to say it was 98, 1998 uh, they had a children's choir there and uh, sometimes touring productions can utilize different choirs that are in the area uh, the choir that was at Joseph was a Utah based choir even though it was the touring production this is a pretty big cast you've got Joseph You've got the narrator, you've got Jacob, you've got Joseph's 11 brothers, hmm. you've got Jacob's wives, you've got an adult chorus, you've got a children's chorus, but sometimes they just pare it down to Joseph, Jacob, the brothers, the wives, that's it. That was the one that I was in. We pared it down pretty low. We did have four narrators, though, and they were double cast. So, eight narrators? Well, you had two Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and two Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Okay. So, it worked. So, there are various musical styles in this show, and the main idea when watching this is to have fun. So, don't take this show seriously. After last week, I'm very... Well, actually, not last week, but the week before, I'm very glad to hear that. Yes, this is a fun show... It does have a story, so it's not going to be like Charlie Brown, where there was no story. It's going to have a story. It is going to teach you a little bit about the Bible story, but it's not preachy about it. So so can I take a guess at what the story is? Sure. It's about Joseph and his coat, which has many colors, mm -hmm. and the adventures that he goes on wearing his coat. Sure. Nailed it. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so, we're going to go watch Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, and during this inter intermission, let's hear from our Amazing Technicolor sponsors. <laughs> Warren, it's time for the best part of every intermission. Getting snacks that we can't bring back into the theater? Even better. Now that the lights are back up, we can look into the playbill. This week, we are sponsored by the One More Angel Saloon. Have nightmares been plaguing you every night? Have you realized that maybe attempting fratricide wasn't a good idea? Well, come on down to the One More Angel Saloon and drink your troubles away. Try our bitter 11 sheaves whiskey, and if you're feeling daring, ask for Potiphar's wife. 
If you're smart, then maybe you won't end up in jail. You'll want to go, go, go down to our saloon and kick back. Remember, we're the One More Angel Saloon, where any drink will do. Here are the people who donated $5 or more to make this show possible. And the prestigious spot of our very first Tone Deaf Patreon sponsor is Jasmine Wu. Thank you so much for your contribution to our show. We deeply appreciate it. Your contribution is what makes Tone Deaf possible. Thank you so much. And here's a message from one of our favorite podcasts called History on Blast. Hello, and welcome to History on Blast. I'm Hillary, and I'll be your host as we call out history. Every other week, we'll be putting a different person, place, time, or event on blast for the shit that they pulled. This ain't your grandpa's history podcast, so if this sounds like your cup of harbor tea, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast catcher. And now, the lights are going down and the music is starting back up, so let's hop into the second act of the show. Alright, so what'd you think? What a show of much, much weirdness. Such a colorful show of much, much weirdness. <laughs> uh, it was it was entertaining. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was very bizarre for me, personally. Like, Oh, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, I... I almost feel like I have musical whiplash from this. Because <laughs> every song was like a completely different genre or style and to be fair it showcased the the cast's ability to perform different pieces yes is every single version of it like that yes okay so it's not unique to the one we watched that's no, how it is that is how it is fantastic uh so joseph and the amazing technicolor dreamcoat show starts off with a school assembly for some reason with a bunch of judgmental looking adults who walk in including a pissed off richard attenborough obviously recruiting dinosaur snacks for his new theme park because <laughs> kids love dinosaurs you would if, if if he'd showed up at your school and said who wants to go to a theme park full of dinosaurs you'd have been like me 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 except i would have seen jurassic park and seen him and been like this, this is before jurassic park this is before if a, no if, this this came out no, I'm, I'm saying like if, if before this is where he went to get his inspiration for jurassic park. yeah but i wouldn't have been old enough to be a dinosaur snap. And even then, I would have been genre snap savvy. This is true. I would have been like, mm. You'd have been the one kid going, Oh, guys, I think this is a bad idea. I'll, I'll watch um, on the news. Sir, do you have a permission slip that my mother can sign? <laughs> and then uh, the when the, the narrator comes in, mm -hmm. and she's singing to the children initially, and then she gets very touchy and up close with some of the kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking, don't touch the kids, lady. That's against school policy. <laughs> Uh, and then we, of course, get to have a smoke scene as fog rolls into the room, and we get to see Donny Osmond coming in, <laughs> looking all handsome with long hair. And now I know why you wanted me to grow my hair long. That's oh, it's no, probably it's... from it's probably from seeing this as a child, and you're like, no, mm. no, <laughs> uh, sure, sure. 
and I have down here, don't get jealous of your wife's early crush. Don't do it. Resist the hate. Well, I mean, I also had a crush on Maria Friedman, the yeah, narrator, so... I have nothing to compare with that person, nothing mm. to be jealous of. True, So true. that's where the, the crowbar that was, separation comes in. That was one of in. those bisexual awakenings as a no. child was... Oh, she's well, cute, too. Let me just put it this way. I will never feel jealous of a woman that you're attracted mm, to. Fair. Uh, stay away from the kids, Joseph, you creeper. He was also getting close into the kids' eyes and giving <laughs> creepy faces. I'm sure it's purely innocent, but still, yeah. stay away, Joseph, you creeper. Uh, <laughs> someone contact CPS before the kids end up on the 9 o'clock news. <laughs> It's not like they're going to get stolen or sucked into the past or anything. Oh, that's exactly what happens. Spoilers! That's exactly what happens. <laughs> then Joseph stares into the screen and gives this menacing look, and any dream will do. Any dream will do. <laughs> and then uh, we get to see Jacob uh, and his 12 sons, including Joseph, mm -hmm. uh, and the one black son. Yes, the one black son. I, I would have to see a black wife. Otherwise, uh, someone's been lying to you, Jacob. So there's actually something kind of interesting. So the black son is Judah. And Judah is sort of one of the last tribes of Israel. And there's actually a lot of, you know, the Lion of Judah, that sort of thing. And Ethiopia kind of has a tie to that uh, tribe of Israel. Hmm. So it's kind of an interesting, I don't think they meant to do it, considering the song that Judah sings. So really, really stupid question, because yes. it should give it away in the name. Is Judas from the tribe of Judah? No. Really? I don't, well, okay, so by that point you have two, technically three tribes of Israel. You've got Judah, Benjamin, and I want to say Simeon. And a lot of Israelites at the time believed they were from the tribe of Benjamin or Judah. And Benjamin was kind of a sub-tribe of Judah after... There's... I don't want to go into a whole okay. Bible you, study. You, that's fair. But... You, you answered my root question of if Judas was yeah, a tribe of yeah. Judah. Because my brain would go, well, the name sounds similar, so yeah, of no, course. It's, so. it's kind of like... It, it's kind of a more common name, I would say, kind of like, you know, Yeshua or uh, Simeon or Peter or anything like that. But yeah, it was it was one of those things that later on doing some study and stuff, I was like, oh, I want to believe that that's the reason that Andrew Lloyd Webber decided to, you know, make a nod to the Lion of Judah and the tribe of Judah and not going... Heh, I'm gonna have the black guy sing a calypso song later. <laughs> I'm getting to that. I don't. Don't you think that I didn't notice that? So, and then uh, the Bible, of course, loves its family squabbling and sibling oh, rivalry. Yeah, of course, because uh, the 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 uh, twelve brothers are super jealous of mm -hmm. how much their father loves. Well, I guess I should say the eleven brothers are super jealous of how much the father loves Joseph. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. Joseph and Benjamin were from Jacob's favorite wife. How many wives did Jacob have? Two. He had Leah and Whoa. Rachel. He, so, okay, okay, wow. So 12 sons from two yes. wives? Uh, I was expecting at least triple that. Yeah, there's there's two mentioned by name, if I remember right. And then uh, no. you have... 
I mean, I guess, granted, this wasn't the time period where your children were expected to probably die. Yeah, and there's, so. there's a whole, like, there's a whole story behind the uh, two wives because he loved Rachel, but he was tricked into marrying Leah, which is the mother of the other wives. And so mother he had of the to other do, wives? Or mother of the other sons. So that, that gave this this story no, a whole no. different twist. Mother of the other sons. Gotcha. But, but I, I did have the thought when they were giving Joseph his Technicolor dream coat. You don't know this, but I wonder if this story is somewhat inspiration for the Gleeman from the Wheel of Time series. The Gleeman are basically traveling storytellers, uh, and the, their signature apparel is that they have a coat of many colors. And it's basically, basically multicolored patches is the way to describe it. But I do know Robert Jordan talked about he mined the culture and mythology of of lots of different uh, religions. Yeah, maybe. So I, 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 it was a thought that popped in my mind because I saw that and I was like, well, I wonder if that's what the Gleeman's coat's going to look like. Hmm. But granted, this was probably prettier than what an actual Gleeman's coat. So my nerd fantasy side tangent is over now. <laughs> uh, I feel like the coat of every color they listed would be an eyesore. Oh, yeah. The coat he wears does not have all the colors that they list. This musical is false advertising <laughs> uh, because it's mostly a rainbow coat. Granted, there's some coat, there are colors in there that are not in the normal light spectrum. I mean, I should not light spectrum, but the normal rainbow, but mm -hmm. it does not have all the colors that they listed uh, because that coat would make your eyes bleed. <laughs> But it's it's catchy, you know. Just a coat of da -da -da colors. It was red and yellow and green and brown and scarlet and black. Okay, I won't finish it. Because <laughs> it does go on for a little it while. It does. Uh, yeah, careful with those hands. Uh, brother number five, the narrator is not your <laughs> wife. Uh, there's a scene where he gets a little handsy and leans some hips yeah, and, uh, right there on yeah. the chest. And I was kind of like, uh, yeah. Uh, no. Some of no these more fun Andrew Lloyd Webber shows tend to do that, and it's mm. a little weird. Fun in scare quotes. <laughs> and then a good old brotherly attempted murder, toss him in a pit and let him die. Yep. And uh, uh, that was, I mean, to be expected, I guess, because they're all jealous of him. And then I, I mostly felt bad for the poor goat. It didn't do anything other than be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And Joseph is now a slave, so that sucks too, I guess. But <laughs> the poor goat. <laughs> Joseph is a man. He'll be able to get out of these shenanigans. But that goat, man, it was just a poor little goat. Were you sad about the deer and get out too? Jeez. <laughs> Maybe. Not overly sad, because... You were more worried about true the main character, true. as you should be. <laughs> but it was funny watching this, just... They have this little ant, the goat puppet come out and stuff, and they're just rawr, ripping limbs off of it. And... Well, and what's sad is that the movie cuts it out, but the camel puppet sings at one point yeah. to Joseph, and it's hilarious. It, the, the, <laughs> the overall, like, I know I'm bragging on it, because that's what I do, but uh, overall musical, it was very, was very kid-friendly. Like, yeah. I, can, I can see why it's, it's a very it kid-friendly show. It takes show. place... Uh, in an elementary school kind of thing. It almost seems like a Sunday school musical. It is. It absolutely is a Sunday school musical. Yeah. I mean, when you consider all of the adult content that is in mm -hmm. the Old Testament, this mm -hmm. is a very child-friendly way to approach a lot of that subject material. Yes. Uh, let's see. And so he gets thrown into a pit. 
Joseph is rocking that hard slave bod. I can't help but notice that. <laughs> oh, I see the Middle Eastern jazz, jazz to oh, slavery. Oh, 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 I skipped some stuff. Oh, that's because I scrolled down. I, I took notes on my computer instead of handwriting them, so I have way more notes than I normally do. Which is awesome. Which that's is good. Awesome. But now I'm getting lost in my notes. So, poor goat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joseph's a slave. That sucks, too, I guess. <laughs> and then we go from Middle Eastern jazz earlier on to slavery hip-hop, and now a Western-themed lies about their brother. Everyone has 12 sons, and of course it's, with dad, it's like, the way they break the news to him, it's like, everybody who has 12 sons, stand up. Oh, not so fast, dad. Uh, That's actually funnier than how it's done in the show. <laughs> reminds me of a, a joke that uh, my first manager would have. And he would just be like, everybody who has a job, step forward. Whoa, not so fast, Warren. <laughs> and that'd be his way of like, go home, but come back tomorrow. <laughs> but a uh, bunch of hoe-down lion hoes. I kept waiting for the dad to come back and watch them celebrating in intricate, yay, Joseph's dead dance. And that's what I was laughing about because the dad <laughs> does come back and grabs the coat. And they're just like, oh, poor Joseph, as they stop celebrating that he's dead so that's what i was laughing about and you were like i can't wait for your note and then having you the dad does come back keep crying those crocodile tears you freaking liars uh and nobody knows what egyptians look like i guess because we cut to this my first thought was oh we're in a black and white checkered tardis like <laughs> Yeah, and, and then yeah, then it's these uppity British these, businessmen. These uppity British businessmen in what almost looked like pinstripe pajamas. Yeah, and the and only the first time we actually see anything that looks representation-wise of Egypt was when we meet the pharaoh and sees the like the mm -hmm. pharaoh's entourage. Yeah, that's the first time I'm like, okay, this is what I imagine Egypt. Before I'm like, this is not Egypt. This, yeah, this is. This is wrong. I mean, the granted, the, um, um, what's his name? Potiphar's wife? Potiphar's wife. It's got some Egyptian flair going on there, still with the, the black and white checker pattern thing mm -hmm. going on. But, uh, let's see. We'll go back here. No one knows what Egyptians look like, I guess. Uh, workplace harassment. Go to HR, Joseph. Oh, wait. Because Joseph goes to work for Potiphar, and, and uh, Potiphar likes him a lot because he's a good slave. Mm -hmm. So he promotes him to head slave? Yeah, I guess. pretty much. And then his wife takes a notice to him, and she's like, Hrrr, which to be fair, I was as well. But uh, <laughs> and he's rocking that hard slave butt. I can't... Uh, so I can understand her wanting to, to violate his person. But it's just... I, I feel bad. I feel bad for Joseph. Yeah. He's and... like, I don't believe in free love. And she's like, well, too bad. I'm a queen. Well, not queen, but... A mistress and I get what I want. And like he, he could have been put to death for it but Potiphar loves him and is still just like <laughs> I love this guy though so go to jail for the rest of your life. <laughs> I love that that Catch-22. I love you. I'm not gonna kill you so rotten prison forever. Yep. yep. Yeah and I love I love all of the almost nudity. Right. That made me laugh so much because at first when it cut to, like, I, I want to call it the harem scene, because mm -hmm. that's probably what it was. Yeah. When it cuts to the harem scene, I'm like, holy crap, that's a lot of, oh, wait, no, it's it's almost nudity. It's yeah. It's implied nudity. There's a lot of skin-tight uh, leotards with sparkly nipples to imply that yes. they're actually naked. Yes. So that made me kind of laugh a bit, but... Uh, 
poor old Donnie Oz Joseph gets molested on stage, and I felt really bad for him. That's yeah, that. And then, and then that's when Potiphar comes in. Well, he's counting his money, and then he hears all the the naughtiness, and then mm-hmm. he comes in all upset because he's not getting any naughtiness. Mm-hmm. And that's when he he kicks Joseph into the reprisal of the pit, pit part two. <laughs> the pit makes a comeback. And uh, I can't wait to see the completion of the Pit trilogy, but that doesn't happen. There's never a third Pit. I was a little disappointed by the the lack of three Pits. Uh, and then Joseph, he's just huddled in on himself inside this... Well, it's funny how the Pit goes down into, like, an open cell. Mm-hmm. That kind of made me laugh. And then he's, like, huddled around himself. It's like, can I have some clothes, please? The drafty Pit is cold. <laughs> Joseph is right. Oh, I have it in here. Wow, I keep talking about Joseph's hard slave bod. That's the part I've been focusing on the most. Uh, I, can, I need to color code these or something. What are all these kids staring half... Like, why are all these kids staring at a half-naked man in a cell? At one point when Joseph's singing about how much it sucks to be him right now, a bunch of children carrying candles come into the open cell, and uh, I don't know what that's supposed to symbolize, really. Maybe you can tell me. They're just me. all there for him while he's he's cool. singing about being, you know, alone, basically, but then reminding himself that, no, I'm not alone. I'm one of the children of Israel. I'm not alone. And God is with me. So the kids are all around with him. I mean, it's, it is the closest way of saying God is with me without mentioning God. True. I mean, that is kind of what they imply. Yeah. Um, I just... Just made me laugh all these, especially the one kid who walked by that looked like he was dressed like Luigi. Yeah. That from Mario, Super Mario yeah. Brothers, that made me laugh. <laughs> I kept thinking, how about one of you open the cell for him? That would be great. Uh, this is the only prison where prisoners give you a pep talk. They, they gave him the cliff notes on the story. Reread the book, you come out on top. Like, hang in there, Joseph. You're not beaten yet. <laughs> like any other prison, they'd be like, fresh meat. <laughs> See, and then it transitions into a 60s-themed rave party. Uh, I should have asked Kay at the beginning of this if there were going to be any LSD scenes in this show, <laughs> like there were in other musicals. And My fault. I'm going to do that from now on. Kay, is there any LSD scenes in whatever show we're going to be watching? Andrew Lloyd Webber, it's 50-50. <laughs> so Andrew Lloyd, Andrew Lloyd Webber took a lot of LSD. It was well, like, no, it's just this was... A lot of his shows have kind of callbacks to the 60s or the 70s, and so, so I mean, yeah. this one was a hard callback to, I mean, it wasn't even a callback, because it was written you in know, the 60s. You know so. what it reminded me of, though, hmm. that cell dance party? It reminded me of what you haven't seen, but, like, the way they portray 60s parties in Austin Powers. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is, actually. Yeah. That is the inspiration for a lot of the stuff now in the show, because back then it was not necessarily as go-go dancery, but this is pretty much the 1991 version, and so even though this was filmed in 99... This is what came out in 91, and so you've got the go-go dancers and all of that because they're calling back to, hey, it's the 50s and it was 60s. It was freaking weird is what it was. Like, yeah. That, like I, all the musical stuff leading up to that did not prepare me 
for that one, that is definitely the one that caught me off guard the most. And after seeing that one, I should have not been surprised at all for anything that came after. Uh, but I'll get to that. You know, during the LSD dancing, we see Richard Attenborough again, high off his balls, where he sees visions of giant lizards and decides to build Jurassic Park. <laughs> or he just puts a lay on Donny Osmond and Maria Friedman and... I don't know what musical you were watching. I saw an old man decide to genetically experiment and bring back dinosaurs. Uh, the, narr the narrator talks to the kids, telling how there has been a, cr a run of crazy dreams. It's like, yeah, LSD dreams. Did you not see the last scene? And anybody who's taken that much LSD is bound to have some crazy dreams. Oh, and that's a good, like, comeback from... Because Go, 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 Joseph is the... Uh, act break. So it's, then... called, it's called Go 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 Joseph. That yes. Part, that cell dance scene. Yes. So Go Go Dancers and Go 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 Joseph. Yes. I don't know That's... why I'm surprised at all. <laughs> really. But you know, they're I am. Singing, go 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 Joseph. You know what they say. Yeah. True. True. Okay. <laughs> I, I I guess it's you. Okay. You have seen. This is true. You have seen everything that we have done this so far. Is true. You are you are much more familiar with the source material. This is my first time, Kay. That's this, true. My 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 Joseph innocence has been taken from me for the first time. <laughs> I did not know what to expect. I, I should have warned you more. I should have asked oh, for the musical. Starlight Express is going to be so much fun. I should have asked for the musical to be gentle. But it was not. It was not gentle. <laughs> I feel slightly violated in my soul. That's my fault because I knew it was based on Bible stories and I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> so You expected Bible stories. You didn't expect this. <laughs> I didn't expect LSD rave scenes. Uh, and then um, we go into the Pharaoh. We get to see the Pharaoh for the first time with his entourage. <laughs> and when they took off his... His, uh, I don't know what that's actually called, his crown, uh... Yeah. The, the cobra-looking hood thing. His hood crown was called a hood crown. <laughs> a crown. <laughs> uh, I see the pharaoh's hair, and the first thought I had was like, Oh, he's got Elvis hair. And then he freaking goes into Elvis impersonation, <laughs> singing and being the king, and I was like, oh... Pharaoh, the king, like Elvis, King Pharaoh. The Pharaoh is so extra. Like he he is playing it up so like Yeah. I like I said, after the LSD party scene, I should not have been surprised by the Pharaoh Elvis scene. That still surprised me. It you. still surprised me. It did. It, it really did. Uh Joseph's Pharaoh Joseph becomes the Pharaoh's number two because he's the shit. <laughs> Pharaoh was appreciating Joseph's hard slave bod. <laughs> and uh, Pharaoh describes, you know, he becomes his number two because he describes his dream to him and Joseph interprets it and he's like, hey, you're going to have seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine. And so, you know, store this food so that we have food for those bad seven years. And everybody is super happy with Joseph because he prevented mass starvations and everything by by uh interpreting the vision and so everybody loves joseph and uh all the 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 egyptian tots are just hanging around him T 
talk about how great he is, and Pharaoh is jelly, like a 16-year-old girl not getting the attention she wants. Like, she's like, but I'm the god king represented on this mortal plane. Why is nobody paying attention to me? It's my birthday party. <laughs> and uh, then they go into a melancholy French style of singing. With the brothers yeah. back in Canaan. Yeah, with the brothers back in Canaan. Uh, starving to death, by the way. Well, they kind of deserve it. They're a bunch, mm-hmm. they're a bunch of jerks who try to murder their brother. But, uh, so that happens. And then, <laughs> is it a wife or is it a prostitute? You know, in the musical, they call, or in the, not in the musical, in the movie, they have her listed as the Apache dancer. So she's a prostitute. I'm sitting here going, that is really racist, Andrew Lloyd Webber. It is 1991. <laughs> if they don't have her listed as a wife, then she's a prostitute. A prostitute like, comes out of a building. And I then will does... say, really quick, that part, not in the musical that I usually see. Okay. It, like the, the random woman coming out and dancing and then... Uh, that's not normally in there. Yeah, I'm going to finish that thought for you. The random woman coming out dancing, bumping and grinding, and uh, straddling one of the brothers in a tango dance scene uh, that's all over the map, and then takes Jacob into the back room, yeah. to, which we can only assume because she's, like, touching him and stuff. It's like, okay, uh, they're going to yeah, take, take father into the back room and make him forget about his worries. That's not in this. And it's one of those things that when I was a kid, I was even like, that was weird. And then when I saw now what her character is described as, I'm like, dude, that's a little, like, why would you even call her that? Because <laughs> keep in mind, for kids, that too, <laughs> that too, like, there's enough. There, It's just, it was, it is <sighs> definitely very out of left field. Yeah. And, um... Then the brothers, they see all their dead sheep skeletons come out, cannibalized by carrion beetles, and that's not actually in it, that's just me saying that. <laughs> and they decide that they're going to go to Egypt, because they've heard stories that they've got plenty of food and lots of meat, and so they decide to go to Egypt, because they're all starving to death, and uh, they come before Joseph, and they don't recognize him at all, because he's mm-hmm. come up in the world, and it has been 14 years, so that can take its natural toll on people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joseph, of course, recognizes them and proceeds to get a little bit of well-deserved revenge upon his brothers by trolling the hell out of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, the brothers did try to kill him, so I'd probably be a little petty too. Grovel, pigs! (laughs) Makes them uh, beg and just plead, and he's Mm -hmm. just reveling in it. Just, yes, yes, beg me for my help, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, so he gives them food. And I'm trying to remember. He puts a cup. Well, and... well, and I remember that part. I'm trying because I have it down in here. Now it's Caribbean singing. Yeah, that's that, after. That's after. That. So he gives them food, and while they're enjoying their food, he sneaks a golden cup into the youngest brother's bag mm-hmm. to frame him for stealing. And then when the brothers are getting ready to leave, you know, being grateful that they're not starving anymore, he halt. No, my my favorite cup is missing. Who took it? And makes them all empty their bags, and turns out to be the youngest brother. And 
And so they he proceeds to say that he's going to lock him up and throw the key in the Nile and he'll just be in prison forever. So the brothers all are pleading with uh, Joseph, please don't lock up our baby brother. We love our baby brother. He's so good. He's so kind. He could not have done this. He must have been framed. And uh, then it transitions into a Caribbean dance number with the one black brother. Yeah. Uh, which you said you played that. I played Judah back in high school. It wasn't a high school production. It was a community theater production. But because I can sing tenor and baritone, I played Judah and was very convincing, which kind of was a little bit of a ego boost in hindsight of, <laughs> oh, well... <laughs> You know, I I could have, if I would have understood that being bi had been a thing, I could have reveled in the fact that... Like, I could have had the ladies if I wanted. <laughs> that girls thought I was attractive. No, but I think you're attractive. I'm glad. But, yeah, and so another fun fact that they leave out of the musical but is in the Bible story is Benjamin was also Joseph's favorite brother. Ah, so he frames his favorite brother. Yes. And there's different accounts um, of how it went down. Uh, usually it's that Joseph saw how much they cared for Benjamin. Because he's the he, baby. Yeah, because he's the baby. And he goes, okay, you guys have changed. Some accounts he actually talks to Benjamin and Benjamin swears on the life of his dead brother. Like just swears on, or not on the life, but on the memory of Joseph. And he's all... Okay, I better say... Basically, Benjamin is the one who softens his heart, because Benjamin's his favorite. Cause... You made the good point, too, because it's 14 years at least mm -hmm. after they, they attempted to murder his brother, and in reality, his brother probably didn't have anything to do with it, or probably was too young to have contributed. Yeah. But for the purposes of the show... You've got all 12. You've got all 12 doing it. Um, but yeah, so Joseph frames his brother, says he's going to... You know, lock him in a cell, throw away mm -hmm. the key forever and ever, and uh, the brothers plead for Benjamin's uh, freedom, and nothing brings a family together like framing one for theft and threats of imprisonment, because mm -hmm. he decides that, oh, you guys have changed, you know, mm -hmm. so he, he reveals himself to them, do you not recognize me, and they're all happy to see him, and there's hugs, and, and joy, and... And then uh, we get to see Jacob reunited with Joseph, and Joseph's, like, decked out in some pretty cool apparel. Like, mm -hmm. I, was, I was digging his, his garb in that, riding a golden chariot. I was like, you've come up in the world, man. And mm -hmm. uh, then he sees his dad, and it's a really touching scene with his dad, because, you know, we know that Joseph was Jacob's favorite. Mm -hmm. And uh, you get to see the look on Joseph's face when he sees that his dad has kept his bloodied, tattered dream coat, like, as a memory of his son. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. And and uh, Joseph basically just has, like, this, oh, where did I come from? And here I am now. It's like it's, it's like a full circle kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Which is nice because they end it with the second song i guess technically but the the opening number they end it with yeah so they did so a, 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 yeah a reprise and that's one of my favorite ones in any musical really yeah it's and it's good it's an example of how the tone changes because the first one it's very upbeat you know, mm -hmm. my coat of many many colors and then it's my coat of many many colors yeah they they start out with uh you know, the song that he sings when he comes out in the mist, and it's like, hey, I wore my coat with golden lining, and then at the end, it's like, 
oh, I, this was, I wore this coat with golden lining, bright colors shining. Like it's, it's very, it, and, and the way that they staged it in this is pretty cool too, because they have sort of the coming together of those that the story was about and those the story's being told to. Yeah, because the kids all come on stage and intermingle yeah. with Joseph and his dad and the narrator and... Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's and a good way of, of I've, addressing it. I've seen it done before, too, where instead of having the narrator sing with him, it's his brothers. And it is that's really cool. Like, I get chills when I see it done that way. That's pretty good, too, because the brothers are kind of forced to, again, see... Because they see the Technicolor Dreamcoat that's covered in goat blood mm -hmm. that they passed off as their brother's blood. So it's kind of like this being forced to see... Uh, I'm remembering a memory of his of their lies and and treachery, and then kind of people forgiving each other. And, yeah. But then you did tell me that at least in the the Bible story, their dad goes on to like curse yeah. There's half his sons. there's a lot of unhappiness that happens. It's the same with like the story of Noah and such. That there's a lot of a lot of anger that occurs later. But hey, this ends happy. This so. ends happy. Look at the key. Look at the keys. Uh, then we do the curtain call with techno. Techno color, techno. Techno color. Okay, it's more like 90s club pop, but I guess it's not any weirder than anything that's already happened in the show. Yeah, this is one of two shows that I can think of off the top of my head that do a mega mix. The other one, I think Grease does one, or at least there's a Grease mega mix that exists. Um not the biggest fan of mega mixes the joseph one when it's done well can be a really effective curtain call because i've seen it where so what what the mega mix is is they take sections of each song and sort of uh reprise them during the curtain call and so uh say when Reuben comes out and does there's one more angel in heaven he does his curtain call during that uh they have a reprise of the benjamin calypso the oh no naughty that song they do a reprise of that they end with a reprise of the give me my colored coat but they're all sort of mixed in and uh mixed together in sort of a mega mix as they call it and, yeah so that's maybe that's why I thought it was some kind of weird techno thing is because it's like all the songs. Yeah, it's put a medley. A, that's the word I was looking for. It's all the but, songs put in a blender and then yes. poured out. Yes, it it kind of is. That's that's the joy of a mega mix. So my final thoughts with this show, it is not my favorite. Yeah. Uh, it is not my favorite. I think mostly because of how bizarre it was. Mm -hmm. Uh. I've noticed that my favorite, like, I don't mind, I, I love comedy, love comedy, yeah. I don't mind off-the-wallness, I don't mind bizarreness, mm -hmm. but it was a little too world and fourth-wall-breaking for me. Yeah. I feel like if the songs would have been more in the time, at least, mm -hmm. or at least they all stuck to a similar style, I might have liked it more. Mm -hmm. Uh because, like, thinking of other musicals I've listened to, um, this one definitely kind of ranks down there. For yeah, me. that's fine. Uh, that's 
Not saying it wasn't well done. Not mm-hmm. saying the songs aren't good. Yeah. Just me personal taste. Because that's the thing. Each one of the songs was good in its own right. But yeah. it was so... So I, bizarre. It was so bizarre. And maybe I am being a little too harsh. I think maybe if I went back and listened to it again, mm-hmm. uh, I might enjoy it more now that I know what to expect. Yeah. But I think not knowing what to expect... Uh, it kind of blindsided me a little bit. Yeah, which honestly, though, that's a good way to go into it because then you're not going into it. Because I went into it without any expectations when I was a kid, but I was also a kid. You were also like the prime demographic for it, yeah. probably. I was, I was a theater kid who also had done a lot of Bible study because I had seen it in 98, so I would have been like nine And I had already done a lot of Bible study just because that was, you know, moving out here into Utah, you kind of had to in order to fit in with the culture here. And so, (laughs) yeah, I I feel like it was aimed at me specifically. Well, not specifically, like not, this is is Kay's musical, but just... You know, it, it was aimed at kids like me, but also wider theater audiences. You know, they, they want to make uh, Bible stories fun. Yeah, and there's a reason that this show is really popular here. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes out a lot of, of sense. Out of well, the Bible-themed shows that exist, this is the most popular in Utah. Well, I think the other reason for that is the Osmonds. Yes, also the Osmonds. Which, which, which I will say, like, Donny Osmond did a great job. He like, did. It's funny because I don't know how many songs I've heard where he's singing, Mm -hmm. but the guy can sing. Like, he's a really good singer. He is very talented. He's a very nice person. He's got a a very full mouth of teeth. Mm -hmm. He's got the kind of teeth that could eat other teeth. He's, he has gorgeous teeth. Um, he, he was, I actually got to meet him backstage at Joseph in 98, and I was just like... Oh, really? My mom actually, uh, helped mainstream me just so that I could meet Donny Osmond. Like, she trained me to be able to give eye contact and such, just so that I could meet him, because I had a really hard time making eye contact, and so she said, okay, I want you to just look at the center of my forehead... You don't need to look in my eyes, but if you look at the center of my forehead, then it looks like you're looking into my eyes. I can only picture, like, eight, nine-year-old Kay meeting Donny Osmond and just about how, like, nervous and excited you were. Because you were, like I've said before, you are really cute kids. So I bet you were just super, like, I, deer in headlights, but also excited. I was so nervous. I was just like, this, this is Kay. And I said my full name. Oh, your full yeah, name? Yeah, he was just like, oh, well, hello, this is Kay. This is Donny Osmond. And I was just like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's adorable. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, the Osmonds are good people. Yeah. They're they're good. I like them. Um, so, yeah, that's that was, that was my thoughts on Joseph and the amazingly bizarre dream coat. No problem. This is not the weirdest show Andrew Lloyd Webber did, but it's up there. I watched Cats, so I'm aware that this is not the weirdest show that... And Cats wasn't the weirdest one either. Oh, God. What else is there? Starlight Express, which we'll see in ten episodes. Oh, I've heard you talk about that a bit, so I have ten episodes to prepare myself mentally. Yes. Yeah. I know it involves trains. Yes, it does. Which, already, I'm like, a show about trains? Like... Dude, how many drugs do you do? Like, <laughs> None. I don't believe that. I do not believe that at all. 
he may be lying, but people are taking drugs to come up with some of these things. I'm saying that now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think he is, because I've seen some pretty crazy stuff from people that don't do drugs. Look at Weird Al Yankovic. He's completely sober. Fair point. Yeah. Fair point. He could just be a very creatively minded person, like Weird Al. Or he's not taking anything that we consider drugs. He's like taking really old aspirin that's been mixed with rye bread or something like that. <laughs> like he's developed something new that isn't regulated or really known. So you can't call it a drug. He's got al juice is what he's got. He's, he ferments al juice in his basement and it gives him his creativity. Oh my gosh. Ew. <laughs> That was Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yep, sure was. So, next week we're going to do a show that was near and dear to my heart in the seventh grade. But now it makes me go, Ooh, yikes. Uh, which one? We're going to do Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Another another one that I've heard about and people are amazed that I have not seen. Yep, because this yeah. one's also ridiculously popular here in Utah. Yes, it is. Thank you so much for listening. We truly hope you enjoyed this. Please follow us on Twitter at Tone Deaf Musical and like, share, and subscribe. If you loved it, tell your friends and spread the word. If you want to go above and beyond, please donate to our Patreon, which is also Tone Deaf Musical. That's it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone, Tone Deaf. Deaf.